Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Therese Reese, and I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong Will Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. Let me find a poem, y'all. <laughs> um, today's poem is going to be called Release Your Past. Well, I guess I need some light. Hold on. Let me see if I could do this. Here we go. When we first met, you told me things that I will never forget. But as the truth was revealed over time, I realized that you are living a double life. You said that you are a single man, but the truth is you were in a relationship. You led me to believe that she was the one who ended it months ago, way before I came into your life. Now I am forced to make your wrong choices right. I wish. It was easy for me to up and walk away while something keeps telling me that I should stay. When we're apart, I really do miss you. But the idea of sharing you is something I can't agree to. Wow, two girlfriends at the same time. This whole relationship was built on lies. I wish you had released your past. And now there is no turning back. It's best that I just say goodbye Because she doesn't deserve your lies. Crazy how I once believed that we'd last. But the truth is, you never released your past. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. So, I have a question. I have a question for you. Something that I've been pondering for the past few days as my current life situation unravels and unfolds right before my very eyes. 
And my question to you is, where do broken hearts go? So, as I am not unfamiliar with having my heart broken, I am very unfamiliar with having it broken to this capacity. And you know, whenever you have, if you're like me, this is based on how I was in my past, probably even my future a little bit if I think about it for too long. I used to wonder whenever I would hear preachers preach, ministers minister, and I knew what was happening to them behind closed doors. Maybe they were going through a divorce. Maybe they were going through a separation. Maybe they had just lost a loved one. Maybe they had just lost their child. Maybe one of their children had just been incarcerated. Maybe they found out that they had cancer. Maybe they lost a parent. But they were still standing behind the pulpit and they were preaching to the children of God. And a part of me would be like, why don't you just sit down and heal? Why are you bleeding over the congregation? Why don't you get better and deal with your broken heart? Just sit down for a moment. Gather yourself. And then, as life would have it, I get placed in a situation where I could just sit down and gather myself and deal with my brokenness and my brokenheartedness. But there's a part of me that is starting to realize that this is way bigger than me. And someone needs to see the power of getting back up again, of trusting the process, of trusting your creator and allowing him to mend your broken heart. So I ask, where do broken hearts go? I've started to realize that maybe they get up because they are truly called by God. And when you are operating in your calling, there's going to be times that darts are going to be thrown in your direction. There's going to be times that you're going to have sleepless nights. There's going to be times that you question 
your abilities and there's going to be times where you really and truly wonder if it is all worth it. But if God called you to it, God will call you through it. Now, for those of you that don't believe in God, well, <laughs> if you are called to it, you'll get through it. But I've learned that one of the things the enemy likes to do is sift you as wheat. And he wants you to wallow in your pain. Because the longer that you wallow in your pain, you'll look up and you've fallen into a deep depression. And then that causes you to lose sight of all the blessings that have been bestowed upon you despite everything that you've been through. And I had a wise man tell me on yesterday, Teresa, remember, the enemy is constantly seeking whom he may devour. And lions, whenever they are in pursuit of their prey, they try to separate you from the pack so that they can devour you. But if there's a pack, the pack is there to protect you. The pack is there to keep you safe. And in a lot of ways, my audience is my pack. So where do broken hearts go? As I was speaking to my therapist, <laughs> she was like, girl, <laughs> girl, you've been through so much trauma. <laughs> And I'm not laughing at the trauma. Trust me and believe that. But sometimes I literally have to laugh to keep from crying. But the way she said it was, <laughs> you know, sometimes you'd be like, well, y'all may not be like this for you, you all that don't have a therapist. But in my heart and in my mind, I was like, Lord, I pray that she has a therapist for the, <laughs> she needs a therapist. Okay. Because the stuff that happens to me, I got to share with her and you know, People can only take so much. So it's like she's listening to my truth and what's happening in my world. And she's just like, oh, my God, Teresa. <laughs> and I say, yeah, yeah, I know. This is what I'm going through. And I would not. And let me just say this. I'm just going to say this because I. why do people say that? I would not wish this on my worst enemy, first of all. Why, why is that even a statement that we would not wish that on our worst enemy? The truth of the matter is, is that if you have a worst enemy, nine times out of 10, they're your worst enemy for a reason. And you could potentially wish some wickedness or evil or whatever to happen in their lives if they're your worst enemy. So a lot of the things that we say aren't even necessarily factual if we process them and look and listen to what it is that we're saying. It's like, really? 
Really? I mean, it sounds good. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Would you though? Or would you not? You know, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. The truth of the matter is though, at the level that I've experienced pain lately and heartache and heartbreak, this is something that I'm getting to the point where I I used to feel like we need to shield people from pain. But I'm starting to be honest with y'all. I am starting to believe and I don't know, maybe it's just what I got going on in my world. But, you know, to me, it's just like germs. When you get exposed to germs or whatever, it builds your immune system. I'm starting to believe that maybe I'm going through a lot of these ordeals not even for myself. Maybe I'm going through these ordeals to really truly help someone else. Because earlier on yesterday, I had a conversation with a colleague. And as we began to unpack her situation, mind you, I'm still going through my situation but I needed to be present in a different light somewhere else. And as we were having this dialogue, words were coming out of me, y'all, that I know were not my own. I know that it was as if the Holy Spirit took over the conversation in that moment. She didn't foresee it. I didn't foresee it. But the way that that conversation unfolded, you know, they say the word is a two-edged sword. And I believe I needed those words in that moment just as much as she needed those words in that moment. But it gave me a preview, excuse me, of what it is that I'm called to do. And... Sometimes I believe we go through what we go through because a message is trying to get through to us. When people tell you it's not always about you, the reality of it is, is that it's not. Although you may be being the vessel used. So it causes you to believe that it's about you because you're the one going through it but it's bigger than you. And so as I began to speak about some things, I was able to clearly convey to her what is about to unfold in her life and how we're going to have a separate conversation a few months down the line and it was going to go a little something like this. And I proceeded to tell her what she's going to say back to me in a few months after she follows those instructions. And it was so natural for me to say this to her. I literally felt the Holy Spirit in our conversation And she did too. And so I told her toward the end of the conversation, I'm actually going through something right now. But 
I was able to tell her how I had overcome something similar to what she is currently going through. See, I remember when I lost custody of my children, my three oldest children. And I remember what that felt like. I remember the pain. I remember the thoughts. I had suicidal thoughts to be exact. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. If you're having suicidal thoughts, please call the suicidal hotline. Please get to someone quickly. Please do not make a permanent decision based off of a temporary circumstance. Allow yourself to see the silver lining. Allow yourself to see the rainbow after the storm. Allow yourself a chance to see what life is going to be outside of that trauma, that traumatic experience. Give yourself permission to live and not die. Do not die in your current circumstance because it's not looking the way that you would want it to look or feeling the way that you would want it to feel or sounding the way that you need it to sound. We're so guilty. I'm very guilty of throwing my hands up when things don't seem to be going the way I intended them to go. I am a spoiled brat. I will be the first to tell anyone. So future hubby, if you're listening, you're going to have your hands full. But I digress. However, I remember when I lost custody first of my oldest child. And then it wasn't far long after that, my other two older children. And I remember how my heart was so broken, I could barely breathe. I remember not being able to sleep. In fact, I did not sleep for 24 full hours after I had lost custody of my two older children. After losing custody of my oldest child. I didn't sleep for 24 full hours. And I remember being so angry at the people that I loved because I felt like I was in that storm by myself and I felt like nobody understood but me. And it was terrifying and it was devastating. My heart was so broken and I did not understand why I was being tried and tested at that level. I did not understand why my children were being removed from me, especially because of the depths of love that I had for them. I did not understand anything that was taking place. I didn't understand how the people that said that they loved me betrayed me. I didn't understand how they were looking me in my face and telling me they had my best interests at heart, but they were plotting behind my back to take what I consider my heart beats from me. I didn't understand. Fast forward. I allowed myself. Oh, let me back up. Because I didn't sleep for that 24 hours. I remember 
excuse me, my mother telling me something. She said something to me. And whatever she said, it triggered me. Mind you, I hadn't slept for 24 full hours. But whatever she said, it triggered me. Excuse me. And I remember getting in my car, heated, getting in my car, trying to drive from Austin, Texas to Dallas, Texas, which was my home back in those years. And I remember hearing as I was about it, for those of you that are familiar with Austin, Texas, um, there's Riverside, there's Old Torf. Well, there's Old Torf before you get to Riverside, depending on which way you're headed. So if you're heading north, um, then there's Old Torf before you get to Riverside. If you're heading south, it's Riverside before you get to Old Torf. And there's a bridge. There's a bridge before you get to Riverside. And Old Torf, if you're heading south, is right before the bridge. No, sorry, after, right after. So if you're heading north, it's right before. So I literally got in my car, not having sleep, for 20, slept for 24 hours. And I'm driving. And I remember, and I know it was God. Nobody can tell me otherwise. I know that that was God. Because I heard so clearly where are you? Where do you think you're going? <laughs> it's what I heard <laughs> as I'm driving upset at my mom heading back to Dallas. And I spoke back to that voice and said, I am headed back home. And I heard so clearly. You won't even make it. Past the bridge. And I was literally about to hit Oltorf. And when I heard that, I saw a vision after that of me falling asleep behind the wheel and veering off into Town Lake. And I heard, turn back around now. Get you some rest. And I'm crying out to God. By now, I'm bawling. I'm crying. I'm screaming. And I'm telling God, why is this happening to me? And he said, go back to your mother. Go back to their home and get you some rest. Mind you, he never answered my question. I'm just not realizing that right now. God never answered my question when I said, why is this happening to me? So I do the U-turn, go over the overpass of Old Torf, head back out south to my mother's home, my mother's and father's home. When I get there, as soon as my mom opened up the door, she opened up her arms to me and I broke down crying in her arms. She knew that I had remorse from yelling at her and leaving so abruptly. And she told me, don't worry about it. Tonight, I'm going to be your doormat because you've been 
so many other people's doormat. And then she led me to my sister's room so that I could lay down and get me some rest. Fast forward. I was blindsided when I lost custody of my children. My three oldest children. I was blindsided. Never saw it coming. So where do broken hearts go? I never saw that coming. So where do broken hearts go? I went through the process. I talked to God. And I asked him what loving my children from a distance was going to look like for me. How could I let them know that I love them unconditionally, that I'm there for them if they need me, even though I'm not going to be around them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And God said, give them three kisses, one for the father, one for the son, and one for the Holy Spirit. And I began to do that. There, they were ages eight, four, and two. My children are now grown. <laughs> they still desire those three kisses. They still remember those three kisses. I may not have been able to be in their presence 24-7, but I was able to leave my footprint in the sand. Where do broken hearts go? So now my heart is broken yet again. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, God, do you, I mean, like, are you a jokester? Are we going to talk about this one day? And you're going to be like, ah, I knew you could handle it. So that's why I let you go through it, girl. I knew you had this, you know, I got you. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, when I think about it, what ended up transpiring a few years later, because remember, 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 remember. I asked God the question, why me? Later on down the line, we'll say about a decade later, maybe, yeah, a decade, between 10 and 15 years later. I meet a young lady, we become friends, and she ends up in this situation where she finds out that her husband of many years has been having an affair with a colleague. Long story short, they're in a custody battle. And she's certainly sure that because she's mom, she's going to win this custody battle. Only to discover because he made more money than she did and he offered more stability than she did, she was going to lose her three children. 
So, God brought my experience of losing my three children to my remembrance. And I was able to successfully walk her through what she was about to go through so that she could be emotionally prepared. And then I gave her a blueprint of what to do in order to position herself to live her best life. What life without having full custody of her children would look like. And so we dreamt together for a while. And I asked her the question, what is your wildest dream? What did you want to do before you ever had children? She was like, what? (laughs) I said, just, you know, walk with me for a minute. And she was like, you know what, Teresa, I really, I wanted to be in the nursing field. I loved being a nurse. And I was like, so this is what you need to do. Pursue that dream. So when the dust settles and you're the one paying the child support, have a plan for you. Do something with that idle time because an idle mind is, a, is the devil's workshop. Do something with that idle time. She's like, okay. Lo and behold, not saying that this is going to be everybody's testimony. One day, someone, a gentleman comes in her place of business. They hit it off. They go on a date, and now they're happily married. (laughs) And she got her power back. I remember her calling me one day and saying, girl, thank you. Thank you for giving me the tools to overcome something so devastating. And she went on to say how it felt good whenever it was his weekend to keep the children and he would call her and say something like, Oh, I got this going on. And she's like, uh, according to the paperwork, it's your weekend. That's not my problem. You figure it out. She says she felt empowered and now she's living her best life. And so as I go through another heartbreak, I don't know who is going to be encouraged, who is going to be moved, who is going to be helped by my testimony after the storm has passed. But I figured that I would be doing people a disservice to only show the happy sides of me. Because I'm not always happy and I don't always feel whole. And maybe that's sometimes why the preachers get behind the pulpit and, 
even when they're broken and even when they're sad and even when things aren't quite going their way, they still preach. Because the word is a two-edged sword. And if it's going to heal you, maybe something that is being said will heal them too at the same time. And because they're broken, they need that healing just as badly as you do. Trouble doesn't last always. I know it feels like it does. And it really hurts when you love someone and you don't see. (laughs) You don't see the blow coming. You don't see the gut wrench punch, punch because you love them. So in a lot of ways. Not even knowing that we're doing it, we tend to put trust in people who are human just like us. And maybe my lesson is that this is why it's vital for me to trust in the Lord with all my heart. And not lean on my own understanding. And all of my ways acknowledge him so that he can direct your path and my path too. No one said that it was going to be easy. Life can hand you some pretty tough cards. But where do broken hearts go? There's a scripture in the Bible that says that God draws nigh to the brokenhearted and the contrite in spirit. So if you were to ask me, my answer to you is going to be for me. I'm going to go to God with my broken heart as I have every single time. And he might not tell me why. But in due season, if I faint not, I know that I'm going to reap a great reward. If for nothing else, because I trusted him with my brokenness, because I trusted him with my pain, because I trusted him with my sorrow. See, he catches every single one of our tears. There's not one tear that I've shed over the course of these days that God is not keeping account of. Maybe that's why it says weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. If I were to see my tears watering a garden, they're going to reap a grand reward. I don't know what that reward is going to be. I have not a clue. But I know that no tear is wasted when it comes to him. So I know that I could trust him with my broken heart. I know that I can trust him with my brokenness. I know that I could cry out to him and let him know this hurts really, really, really bad. Really, really, really bad. Because see, even in this, I still have to be present for the person that betrayed me. 
Jesus was still present for Judas Iscariot. He even allowed him to get so close that he kissed him on both of his cheeks. And Jesus was like, just come to do what you came to do. But he was still present. He knew what was coming. And he didn't run. He had the ability to run because he knew. He could have been like, let me tell you something. By the time he gets here, I'm going to be way over there. They're going to look for me and ain't going to be able to find me. But excuse me, but that's not <laughs> that's not how the story ends. <laughs> he was right where he needed to be to be found. So I don't know. All I know is I couldn't sleep. All I know is that I've been up for the past couple of hours crying my eyes out. All I know is the people that love me are asking me, how are you feeling as things unfold? And I felt an unction to talk about it. I felt an unction to talk about the pain. I felt an unction to talk about my brokenness, my tears. I felt an unction to be completely transparent. I know we all love happy endings. Whenever we go to a movie, we get this euphoric feeling (laughs) when we see certain movies and they have a happy ending. Very rarely do we go to a movie And there's not a happy ending to it. And even in this, I've had so many people speak a happy ending (laughs) over my situation. Because at the end of the day, if we are completely honest with each other, we want good hearted people, good wholesome people to win the fight. And I do desire a happy ending. I do pray that God will bless me with a happy ending. I'm hopeful. But I understand that there are no guarantees. But I'm hopeful. I remain hopeful. I do trust God. And I'm doing my best to trust him in this process. No matter how difficult it feels, no matter how painful it is, I am doing my very best to trust God in this process. So no, this is not about me. This is about you. Whoever needed to hear this message on today, please be encouraged. And to my future hubby, wherever you are in this big old world, today's date is April the 13th of 2022. And I'm parched, y'all, so I got to drink me some more water. One moment.
That's the thing. When you start crying all the time, child, you end up crying at the tears and you feel like you're dehydrated from crying so much. So, yeah, I'm probably going to look like who did it and why with my puffy eyes. But I'm going to rehydrate myself. <laughs> Lord, say the same. Whew. Here we go. Dear future hubby. I don't know if I will ever say something to you or if I will ever do something to you that could potentially break your heart. But I'm here to tell you it will not be intentional. My mission is to love you beyond words for my actions to speak for themselves for you to experience unconditional love. My mission is to show you that good wives still exist. Loyal wives still exist. My mission is to be your rib. Your better half. So that we can grow together, so that we can learn together, so that we can be together, and so that God can receive all the glory. My mission is to love you and only you as my true husband, my one and only husband. Until we meet, I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you for listening.